Bob, I was really interested to see, as I think everybody is, uh, that, that there's pretty good progress now going on with the, uh, with the listing in Amsterdam. Yeah, no. So, so we have been since since the announcement. We've obviously been working hard to to get ourselves ready to uh, to be able to to, to execute. And um, I'm pleased to say that we have been making good progress. We we are on a on a on a relatively uh, near term timeline, and uh, we're excited about uh, making it a reality. Mm. And and the dates, the maybe you could just take us through what shareholders can anticipate now and and what they should be marking in their diary. Yeah, absolutely. So there there are a few key points, and um, and, and Sarah, you can jump in if I if I forget anything. Sure. Um, for, from now, a key one is uh, the extraordinary general meeting that we are um, uh, organizing on the twenty eighth of June in Cape Town. Where we're going to be proposing the uh, transaction uh, to to our shareholders. Um, shortly after that, we are going to be publishing um, a prospectus where we we give a lot of detail about about uh, the new company. Then um, there's a, a period of time where we'll spend our time and energy uh, speaking to our investors and talking about uh, the the mechanics of the transaction, but as well about. Uh, the exciting, the exciting company you can now invest to, and then the intention is to to have the listing completed uh, on the seventeenth of July, which is a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And you haven't got a real name yet. I see you're still calling it Nuco. We're we're close, but we're not quite there. So. Uh, we hope to come out with that in the next few weeks. How, how are you going at that process? It's quite interesting, the whole process of finding a new name. Do you ask your, your staff? Do you bring in consultants? Yeah, we, we've actually used the whole range of, of different um, uh, uh, sources of inspiration, and definitely also from our staff, but... Uh, Basically, from a lot of angles, and 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 then actually the 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 more the more demanding work starts because you want to make sure that whatever you choose is is uh, something that you can uh, get the right IP for, you can uh, get the right trademark protection, you can get the right uh, domain names, and and we've been working through um, working through that for for a number of options in, in the last in the last weeks and months. Hmm. So clearly, you're going to have to have a new name before you list on the 17th of July. Yes, we will need to, and uh, we uh, are going to. And what happens then to people who's sitting with NASPAS shares today? There is also an inward listing into the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Do they then get new script? Yeah. So what what happens? Uh, the 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 um, the technical uh, way it works is the capitalization issue. So basically, our shareholders get. Um, something called an M share, which they can, which automatically converts into a share in a new company. Uh, or alternatively, if they, um, and, and this will, will only be relevant for a small minority, um, but if they decide to prefer to receive more NASPA shares rather than new co shares, they can, they can receive that. And that, uh, Alex, is particularly relevant for South African individual investors, because if you're not an institutional investor, um, and you are resident in South Africa, you would actually be um, uh, bringing forward your capital gains that you've made on, on NASPERS um, by by accepting new co-shares. Now, that might still be attractive for people to do, but we wanted to at least give the opportunity to not have to 
uh, deal with that that uh, that time uh, shift of uh, the capital gains tax. So people who say I don't want to do that, they can elect to receive more NASPA shares instead. So if you do that, you're going to have to pay capital gains in short. If you do take new co-shares, you will have to pay capital gains. It's not, I mean, the capital gains you would eventually pay anyway, mm. but then you'll have to pay them um, when you accept the shares. So if you don't want that, you have the option to elect more NASPA shares, and then you won't pay that uh, capital gains uh, tax at that point in time. That's quite a significant uh, issue that um, that you've been looking at, but I guess so are the costs of doing all of this, the tax implications, for instance, for yourselves. Um, sorry, can you? Well, well the tax—the taxes that you have to pay, because presumably by transferring company the company over there, there, there will be a tax liability that Naspers uh, has to fulfil. Yeah, so so it, it is rel- relatively tax neutral. Um, I think there's there's one meaningful tax component that the South African um, uh, tax authorities will receive, and that's. Since it's a it's, it's a big amount, there is a share transfer tax, uh, which is which is a relatively modest percentage, but over the the significant amount, it does add up to a meaningful contribution uh, to the South African uh, tax authorities. About a, but otherwise, hmm. it's, it's it's relatively tax neutral. About a billion rand, if I recall from the numbers that uh, that that have been disclosed. Mm, yeah, let me. I I don't quite know what the latest numbers. Uh, I thought it was a little bit smaller than that, but it's, but it's, a, it's a meaningful amount. And it's, it's meaningful for the, uh, for the Treasury, which needs all the money it can get at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but just for, yeah, from. And, gen- and, generally, and generally, that's the way we think about tax. We think this transaction is going to be very, very creating for our shareholders. And uh, that the fact that there's a tax component that we, that, we, that we pay to South Africa, well, I think that we pay our tax and we contribute to, uh, to society that way. Have you had more interest from international investors now that you are moving to Amsterdam or moving the the international assets to Amsterdam? And I I ask this because that presumably was the intention in the first place. Yeah, no, that's been a main driver of of doing this. And I must say I've been really encouraged with, um, with what we've seen in terms of interest so far. So, um, and from different angles. So um, there's actually a large amount of active capital that that is basically targeted European equities, um, for example. And uh, now we we are a European, we're a global company, um, but now also have have a European equity to reflect that. And you see um, uh, investors say, well, what you are is fundamentally a global technology company. You're high growth, you're large cap, and you're profitable. That's extremely scarce in Europe. Actually, there's actually nothing like it. And I say, well, that, that's very attractive for for uh, large European fund investors to to um, to uh, to put in their portfolios, but also global tech investors that are that are le- have been historically less focused on on growth markets, but more focused on mature markets. Say, okay, well, well, this, this fits our bill. Really well, um, and this is something we want to learn more about. So that's been very positively received. We've seen the Nasdaq share price come under a bit of pressure recently. Uh, is that due to the wind that we're seeing uh, affecting Tencent in in China? 
Yeah, so so I think if you um, and I don't know how much how much you you are a follower of, of the general uh, the general uh, uh, Chinese stock market, but uh, on on the back of if you will the the new the new intensification of the trade the trade war between the U.S. and, and China. Uh, there's a lot of actually all just about all Chinese stock have have had a tough time, um, and uh, it's frankly been on many dimensions a bloodbath. Um, I think Tencent's probably done better than average, but it has definitely had been an impact, which is which is interesting because if you look at what what the core activities are of Tencent, where they make their money, it's really around digital goods um, in in country, right? So there's no they're not influenced by um, by by import export. There's no physical goods. There's no capex. They're, 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 it's not a hardware business. So I think the business model of Tencent. And also, actually, if you look at our investments in the U.S. with with Letgo, it's very much a domestic business, buying and selling used goods within the border. So there's no reason why why sanctions would be an issue, but but I think market sentiment is an issue, mm. um, and that we are affected by it as everybody else is. And, and today we've seen um, a very a very favorable reaction to um, to the uh, the announcement of the transaction. So that, that was a it was a good day. How are you seeing things going forward, Bob? Uh, given that that this trade war is influencing, it's it's it's, uh, it's happening between China and America, but it is clearly influencing South Africa, South African investors as well through the Nasdaq share. Yeah, so so I think um, it, one one of the things that um, that we I think we've always done and has suited as well is that we don't take a short term perspective, right? I, I think in the end that there's huge benefits from 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 uh, from from global trade um, that is actually beneficial to, uh, to to all parties involved. I think restrictions on that are typically um, are typically not beneficial for for anybody. Um, and because of that logic, I'm sure there will be there will be, there will be a short term there will be um, friction and um, and trouble and and associated market sentiments. But I think over time, uh, as it benefits all sides, I think uh, common sense will prevail and, and, and some solutions will, will be found. And, and we don't invest for tomorrow. We invest for uh, for the years ahead. So, uh, yeah, in the, in the short term, uh, there, there will be uh, some turbulence. But in the long term, I'm, I'm sure things will be resolved. So as far Alex, I think we're at time. It's sure. Going to maybe a few one last question. One last question. And so from from a from a South African investor's perspective, just to really recap, um, they're going to have stock in uh, in Naspers on the JSE and in Nuco. What is the split going to be like? In other words, you got for every one Naspers shares, are you going to get more Nucos? Yeah. So so the end situation will be that that. Um, the current Nasper shareholders will hold sort of around the 25 to to 27 percent of of Nuco. Um, so that that's how how it will work out. And if you le- read the circle, you can see how the exact comps are on on the shares. It's a mm-hmm. it's a somewhat complicated story, but but effectively about um, about a quarter of the company of the Nuco will be in the hands of our current Nasper shareholders.